Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Because when we're born again, he lives inside us. He takes up habitation. He doesn't leave again, does he? He's, he stays through everything. He's with us. But there's something about his, his presence when we come together, where his spirit just moves like just the, like in the Bible, it talks about just the cloud of His presence, the Shekinah glory of His presence. And when we come into that place of the presence of God, things happen. When we come into that place of His presence, we're, we're changed. We're not the same. When we come into His presence, everything becomes possible. Because Jesus is Lord. He's, he's the name above every name. He's seated in the highest place. He rules over all things. Therefore, everything has to be possible in His presence. And He declared that one day in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, He says, everything is possible to the one who believes. And His requirement of us tonight, He has very little requirement from us because He's done it all for us. But he does have one requirement, and that's just that we believe. A man called Jairus came to Jesus one day. His little girl of 12 was dying. A desperate father. And as he was approaching Jesus, men came from his house with the, the news that he dreaded. That his little girl had, had died. And all hope seemed to have gone. And Jesus looks at this father and says to him, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. And Jesus goes and takes three of his disciples with him and they go into the room where the girl's body lies and he takes her by the hand and raises her back to life because everything is possible in Jesus. Everything is possible in Jesus. For, for many years, Helen and I ran a ministry called Healing Rooms in, in Scotland and Ireland. And it was just a great joy. It was a great joy for many reasons. It was a great joy because... We, we, saw, we saw the Spirit of God heal people. We saw people healed in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you some, some stories tonight, some testimonies of that. We saw people come and for the first time find Jesus and give their life to Him, which was just so awesome. A man passed in his van one day. He was out doing deliveries. He saw a banner that said, Healing Rooms Open. His life was a bit of a mess. And he, he pulled over his van and he, he, he went into the healing room and he just shared his story, how his life was falling apart. And, and the team there prayed with him and they led him to Jesus. He got born again that day, went back in, in his van and carried on with his deliveries. And, and, and we saw many people just come to faith in Jesus. But it was also just a wonderful thing to see so many just ordinary believers start to believe that through the power of the Spirit in their lives, they could do extraordinary things. And it was so great to see folk who'd maybe for years, they'd just been sitting in church and, and now they, they actually believed they could lay hands on the sick because Jesus said they could. Jesus had given them permission. And they become so excited with wonderful stories of what he did as they just stepped out in obedience. One young woman called Lorraine, we knew Lorraine quite well and I hadn't seen her in some time and she went into one of our, our healing rooms in, in the, the town where we live, East Kilbride, just outside Glasgow. And... and uh, She'd been very, very sick for a time. She'd been diagnosed with cervical cancer. 
and she felt sick, she felt nauseous. She was a, a reasonably slim young woman and she, she'd become very thin and uh, she was, felt just this nausea with her constantly, 24-7. And she went into the room and she had actually a little girl with her, so she didn't share the full extent of her condition with the, the team. But they just prayed with her and as the presence of the Lord, that was our key. You just want to be in His presence. And in His presence, the peace of Jesus came, the healing of Jesus came. The nausea instantly stopped, never returned. She came back in the following week, just on her own this time, and, and shared the full uh, prognosis she'd had about the cervical cancer. And the, the team prayed with her again. They helped her deal with one or two little issues of forgiveness towards people that she needed to, to work through. And, and she went away feeling very well, went back to the, the hospital for her next appointment. The consultant who had dealt with her all along knew her very well, knew her case, had examined her many times. Examined her once again and said to Lorraine, something's happened. There, there's, there's no trace of, of cancer. I can't find anything in your cervix. It's completely cancer-free. It's gone. She says, but Lorraine, it's, it's stranger than that because it looks to me like you've been given a brand new cervix. There's no scarring. There's no marking. There's nothing there that would suggest you ever had cancer. Everything is possible. And tonight, you know, you might need a big miracle in your life. Because of these lights, I, I can hardly see you, so I don't even know what you look like. But you might have a need for a big miracle in your life tonight. You might just need a little touch from God. You might feel what I've got is just very simple. But God wants to meet with every one of us. He wants to meet with every one of us. I want to read from the Word of God from Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. And, and just the story that follows this. Luke 5, 17. It's a wonderful story because it's got some incredible characters in it. And it says this in verse 17, one day Jesus was teaching and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who'd come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if those Pharisees and teachers were there trying to catch Jesus out. Maybe some of them were. Maybe some of them were genuinely seeking something. We don't know. But that's the environment he's in. But it says in this, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. The power of the Lord was present. And I believe as we are gathered tonight as, as his church, as his people, in the name of Jesus, as we've lifted up his name in worship, the power of the Lord is present. And all he asks is believe. Believe in me, Jesus says. Believe in me. So what happens in the story here? It says, verse 18, some men were carrying on a bed or a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. And they were trying to bring him in and to set him down in front of him, but not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles of his stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Don't you just love these friends? Who would like friends like that? They get to the door. There's a huge crowd. They can't get in. And they don't say, oh, well, too bad. We're not going to make it today. We'll try again another day or, or make some excuse. They say, we're getting through. We've brought our paralyzed friend and we love him and we want to get him to Jesus because we know Jesus can bring healing. We know Jesus can make him walk again. And they won't take no for an answer. You know, there's something about faith that won't take no for an answer because sometimes we don't get the answer straight away. Sometimes we need to break something through. And these guys, they climb up on the roof. They, they lift up this stretcher. I hope he wasn't too heavy, this guy. They lift him up onto the roof. And can you imagine Jesus is standing there in the middle of his wonderful teaching to these people. And bits of roof come down and hit him on the head. And, and bits of tile fall down at his feet. And he looks up, what's going on? And this guy gets lowered down in front of him. 
I don't think Jesus was bothered by them disturbing his, his sermon. Because what does he say? Verse 20, seeing their faith. Seeing their faith. How do you see faith? What does faith look like? In this case, it looks like a demonstration of them getting on a roof and tearing it open and lowering their friend down because they believed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven you. You know, those are, those are the most important words any of us will ever hear in our life. And I hope you've, you've heard them. If you've never heard them, I, I pray you hear them tonight. That Jesus would say to every one of us, he would call us a friend. You see, while we were, while we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. So we're no longer enemies, we're friends. And he says to you, friend, and in these incredible words, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Verse 21, the scribes and the Pharisees, they didn't like this. And they begin to reason, saying, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, aware of their reasonings, answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins have been forgiven you, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up and pick up your stretcher and go home. Immediately he got up before them and picked up what he'd been lying on and went home glorifying God. They were all struck with astonishment and began glorifying God. And they were filled with fear saying, we have seen remarkable things today. This is the day the Lord's made. And I believe he's made it so that we might see remarkable things. We've prayed for so long. The words Jesus taught us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I used to say those as a little boy. We, we said them in school when you were still allowed to say those things in school. We said them in school. We said them in church. I didn't really know what it meant. I said those words, your kingdom come, your will be done. I didn't know what that meant. But when God got hold of my life, I discovered what that meant. And we want to see his kingdom come. But remarkable things come where the sick are healed, where those in bondage get set free, where people find life and forgiveness and freedom in the name of Jesus. It says in this passage, the power of the Lord was present to heal. God is present. God is here. And there's a need for us to be fully present to him. Sometimes, sometimes we're hiding. Sometimes we're not approaching God. Sometimes we're holding back. Maybe we feel a, a sense of shame. Maybe we're afraid. Maybe we don't know how to answer the question that Greg put before us. Jesus saying, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe we say, oh, oh I'm okay. There's, there's other people with so many worse things as if God's got a, a limited supply of answer. The very first question that God asks in the Bible, it's in Genesis chapter 3, where he says to Adam and Eve, where are you? I think God knew where they were, but he was looking for a response from them. They were hiding because they were afraid and they were ashamed. And sometimes because of all sorts of reasons, we can be hiding from God. We can be holding back. And he's saying to us, where are you? Come and, come and be fully present to me. Don't be afraid. You see, sometimes we're afraid to come. We think we don't deserve. We never did deserve. 
We think we're unworthy. Well, we would be, except this has happened. Jesus came and he died on the cross and he shed his blood and he comes to the Father and he brings us to the Father. He takes us by the hand and he brings us to the Father and he says, here they are. Here's the children. Here's the ones you sent me for. Here's the ones that I have made new by the power of my blood shed for them. Here's the ones that I have brought forgiveness to. Here they are. And the Father welcomes us. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to hide. No matter what you've done, no matter what's going on in your life tonight, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to hide. But come and be fully present to Him. I had the privilege of praying for a, a wonderful old lady one, one afternoon. Her name was Dolly. She must have been into her 80s. And Dolly came into to one of our, a friend had brought her along to one of our healing rooms. And she had, she had, her legs were all bandaged up. And she, she had ulcers down both legs. They were very painful. And she was waiting to get an appointment to go into hospital. They were looking at operating on her legs. And she really didn't want any of this to happen. But she was fully present to Jesus. She wasn't afraid. She came expecting. In fact, this little old lady came into our room and sat down and we asked her, what do you want? She just said, you will pray for me and Jesus will heal me. And I thought, what a wonderful faith. And it was kind of like she'd commanded us, you will pray for me and Jesus will heal me. So we thought, we better just pray for her, as she, as she said. And we, we just laid our hands and we prayed for this beautiful, faithful woman, Dolly. And she thanked us very much. And just, she didn't doubt for a moment she was healed. She didn't doubt for a moment. And off she went. We couldn't see anything because her legs were all bandaged up. But she wrote a letter to me. It's one of the last letters because now people just send you emails and texts and all these. This is one of the actual last handwritten letters I got from somebody. She wrote me a letter and in the letter she said that she went to her doctor that afternoon. She had an appointment that afternoon. And when she went in, the doctor asked her how she was and she replied, I'm wonderful because Jesus has healed me. And he looked at her as if, well, maybe we better examine your mind as well. And he said, well, we'll see about that. And he sat her down and he, he unwrapped the bandages from her legs. And there was not one trace of an ulcer on either leg. He called the hospital and canceled her appointment there. Come fully present. Come expectant tonight. Come expectant. Because God loves you and he wants to bring his kingdom where the sick are healed. And those who are in any form of bondage are set free by the power of Jesus' name. Because as it says in this passage, secondly, Jesus has authority to heal. He has authority. The Son of Man, it says, has authority on earth to forgive sins and also to say, rise up and walk. And if you think about the word authority, it contains a word within it. It contains the word author. Because Jesus, it says in the Bible, is the author of life. He's the one who writes our story. And I don't know what your story's been like. Some of us have had different types of stories. Some of us would rather forget our past history. Some of us have been in a story that's been filled with damage and harm and hurt and pain. But Jesus wants to come in and rewrite our story. He wants to come in and begin to write our future. He wants to come in and be the author of our life. He's not the author of sickness. See, sickness and disease are a consequence of brokenness, a consequence of brokenness of relationship with God, the brokenness of the fallen creation that we live in, brokenness of community, brokenness of self. All these things result in sickness and disease. But Jesus breaks into our life to write something new. Thanks for listening. 
please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.